Hi, everybody, and welcome back to yet another cracking edition of the Matt Brown Show. This is the Secrets of Fail series where we're talking to entrepreneurs and CEOs all about their uh, epic business blunders. And uh, with us in the hot seat today is, uh, Nan- is Suchi Ramesh, the CEO of Suchi, uh, Suchi.com. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, man. It's been great to have you here. So let's get on with the elevator pitch. What are you up to there at uh, Suchi.com? So we're the new standard for supply chain operations. Uh, the Suchi grid combines the best of PLM and ERP, meaning product lifecycle management and enterprise resource planning, uh, and fills the gaps across the supply chain that the Goliaths ignore. And uh, we do that by providing an end-to-end connected supply chain system, uh, i.e. connecting people, data, and workflows to supercharge ROI from supply chain operations. So uh, as companies scale from, another way of looking at it is as companies scale from 10 to 100 million to a billion plus, they're forced to leapfrog from Excel and Google Sheets to these complex systems like Oracle and SAP and Microsoft. Um, so we're the newer, next generation, better version of those big systems. And uh, we help companies scale by giving them a connected end-to-end supply chain. Sounds like a difficult problem to solve. It is. Uh, it's excruciating, but that's what makes it fun. <laughs> uh, well, that's great. So, I mean, where are your customers typically? Are they in the U.S.? Are they around the world? We started with the United States and, and Canada. We're a U.S. headquartered company, uh, but like our team, uh, our customers now have branched into other uh, other parts of the world too. We have a pretty solid customer base in Europe, and um, and actually Europe has more recently t- overtaken U.S. and Canada in terms of revenue for us, which has been not what we thought, but hey, we'll take it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we also have customers in South America, in the Middle East, uh, but Europe, U.S., Canada, those are the main regions right now. Oh, well, congratulations. Sounds like an exciting uh, problem to solve. Uh, so let's get into the meat and the potatoes of this particular series. Uh, so Suchi, what is your epic story of fail for our audience around the world today? Yeah, as you can imagine, I have a lot of failures. But if I had to pick one, um, I'd say just prioritizing growth over profitability in the early years. And as I think back to that, uh, the, the, the growth, just, just driving growth, hiring fast, and in retrospect, I wish I'd done a lot of that differently. But that I'd say is my is my top failure is is in the early years prioritizing growth over profitability. Mm. It's uh, it's interesting because the 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 doctrine with uh, Amazon, right? It was all about vision and growth over profitability. Like if you think about, we're just like for us, it's about get as many customers as possible into the st- story, and then we'll make profit later. And so, um, why did that transpire in that way for you? Was it, it was because it, I'm, you know, I suppose there's, it's, you can go one way or the other, but curious to unpack a little bit more, like what would you have, you know, if, why was profit at the time so important? Were you trying to raise capital? Like what was the reason for that? Oh, you mean growth, the growth more important growth versus profit, at, yeah. at the, yeah, listen, you're right. There's no right or wrong, you know, and is and you could also have different rights and different wrongs at different stages of even within a company's journey. Uh, I I think it's you start by asking yourself what kind of company you're building and what kind of entrepreneur are you, and if you kind of take a a long term view to building something, uh, you're going to go through changes, you're going to go through iterations, and the best way to be in control of the long-term destiny is by controlling the top line and the bottom line. 
Um, and I feel like I lost a little bit of control in the early years to to kind of steer my ship uh, because of that. But yeah, why was I uh, prioritizing growth? First, many things. I think I was a very different founder and CEO then than I am now. I'd like to think I've learned from the kicks in my stomach. <laughs> uh, but uh, but also as a function of, you know, we just raise venture capital and it drives certain motivations when you raise your first round of growth equity. Uh, so stopping to ask, what are you spending the money on? Why are you spending? And how do these short-term moves tie to these long-term goals, I think is, is important. But yeah, I, I don't think I did that enough. Mm. So Suchi, uh, what did that whole experience teach you? And yeah, that's, a, you know, one one was stopping to ask. Uh, you know, like I said, I, I think I kind of jumped ahead on it, but stopping to ask one um what is this company we're building and what kind of entrepreneur am I? And I think that's very important because there's different types of companies. We're in this world where it's very hardcore, old world B2B. You know, our contract sizes are larger, they're longer term. Uh, so, so a big part of our success is staying in the game to be able to thrive in the game. And in order to just stay in the game for the long term and to win business, the kind of business we win, uh, again, you, you've just got to be able to uh, to 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 write both the top line and the bottom line. So I wish I'd asked that question early enough. The other part of it is the kind of entrepreneur I am. There are two entrepreneurs at two ends of the continuum. There's one that's the ideas person. It's about taking the idea, flipping it, going on to the next thing. And there's a joy and a thrill in that. Um, for, for myself, I know I'm the opposite. I'm a very boring person when it comes to ideas. I love executing. I like scaling. I love the I love the boringness, if that's a word, that is associated with operations. And and so for that, I, I see myself as taking something and taking it all the way. Um, and so, again, if you have that kind of view for yourself, when you self-assess, uh, you have to have a uh, ideally a view into profitability from day zero. Mm, yep. Yeah. So, Suchi, if you could get into the Matt Brown show time machine and kind of do things differently, what would you do differently and why? So mm, this is going to sound a little counterintuitive to what I just said. Uh, <clears throat> but, you know, we went through two evolutions in our journey. Uh, because we're a multi-product platform, we started off as a global sourcing network, i.e. a marketplace, connecting mm -hmm. brands with suppliers and get testing the early beta versions of our multiple products before launching it out on its own. And I wish we had gone a little bit faster carving out the software products and selling them on their own. We did that, um, you know, into our journey. And, and today it's great to see the adoption across the software products. Uh, but but I also wish we weren't so in our heads about uh, getting the products to a certain place before launching them on its own. Because sometimes you got to get feedback mm. um, and there's nothing to replace that, right? You can, all, you can always incubate, but the best thing is to get it out there and get feedback. Mm. So, Suchi, what's your advice to other founders, entrepreneurs, and CEOs today in terms of, you know, the importance of failing or failure in business success? Well, it's 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 very important to uh, learn from it, but also, you know, give provide I think an environment where people can take ownership and make decisions and and say that it's okay to to fail. Uh, it's it's okay. It, it's it's recognizing that I think leaders being the first to admit when they've made a mistake and talking about it, laughing at it, 
Mm. Uh, but also talking about learning from it and building a muscle to say, uh, hey, we've been, we failed, and look, we've come out on the other side, and that's kind of magical, right? So actually, we do that quite a bit at Suchi Inc, where we talk about individual mistakes, but the other side of mistakes is survival um, and learning from it. So we also celebrate that, uh, and, and so it's really a cultural thing, and I think it kind of st- starts with not just the leaders, but allowing people to make their decisions, uh, fail at it. Um, because that's how you that's how you advance. Mm-hmm. Um, what about books, tools, and resources that you recommend? Does anything come to mind that you would encourage other CEOs to use? Yeah, I mean it's a, it's a big source of inspiration for me. You know, I used to read a lot. I still read a lot, but ever since I became a mom a couple of years ago, uh, now uh, the hard version of holding something in my hand is translated to Audible or Kindle, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd say the first layer of books that inspire me have less are less to do with business, but just they're just more. How can I live a better life with the chaos of being an entrepreneur? I love the the David Goggins books. <laughs> I know he's a little commoditized, but I still love his stuff. Uh, both his works don't hurt me, and um, the new one I think never finished. Yeah, a yeah. similar one which is not as popular is uh, Endure by by Cameron Haynes. Uh, I know shit about bow hunting but i thought the book was really well written and you see the the common theme across these is all about you know just building the muscle to say effort you know i i just have to survive through this and that's really the secret to to winning uh there's some classics i like psychology of money so as an entrepreneur you're always dealing with this the worry and also the other side is the insecurity with having all your eggs in one basket it's the case for me i think most first time founders entrepreneurs so I've had to really coach myself on how to feel secure with with that and with money. So I like um, Psychology of Money, I think by Morgan Housel, if I pronounce the last name right. This is really a new age, well-written interpretation of the classic, which is um, The Richest Man in Babylon. That's just like really convoluted language. But this is a nicer, easier read. Um, I started reading a classic a couple of months ago, and I love it. Um, I've seen it's been on my bookshelf for so long. How to stop worrying and start living, Dale Carnegie. Um, and I would recommend that really to all entrepreneurs. I think it's just like really timeless wisdom. Um, let's see. And then biographies. One of my favorites is again not one of not talked about as much. Stephen uh, Stephen Schwartzman's um, book. I forget the name. I think it's What It Takes. Maybe yeah. Uh, he's, he's the black uh, stone guy, and uh, I loved it. I mean, I read a lot of biographies, but that for what for me was one of the ones that stood out. And uh, business books, crossing the chasm is is just really relevant for us, Jeffrey Mora. It's like it's less a book as much as it's like a guideline for us as we think about acquiring customers. And if there's one maybe business guy, I really really like. I'm a fan girl of Frank Slootman's. Um, I. Uh, I read his more recent books and then I went back to his first book, Tape Sucks. Mm. Uh, he's he's not for everybody, his leadership style, but I just like his no BS attitude. And I just learned, I've learned a lot from his books and watching him and watching his his career path. He's a snowflake guy now, but he's done a lot before that. Yeah. No yeah. one has ever recommended more books. <laughs> You're clearly way more read than me. <laughs> oh my word. No, but they're all amazing books. Um, that I've heard of many of which I haven't read because I'm like you. I kind of <laughs> I read one page and it puts me to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Well, I used to. I I don't remember the at least in the last two years. I don't think I've had the chance to hold something. But you know, uh, 
audiobooks and Kindles are, are great. So, Tell me, how do you manage your business and being mom? it really it's it's uh listen i have a great partner right so he is amazing and um i think both of us he's also an entrepreneur and and we're all and both you know both taking our first chance at this so we're figuring it out together so i i suppose that's a big part of it i got very lucky in having uh a great uh a great uh better half and um and the fact that he's also an entrepreneur i think helps a lot you know you don't think about it when you get into a life partnership with somebody, but I suppose that helps a lot as well. And I almost feel like having been at this now seven years, which has felt like 700 years, makes me a better mom. Uh, I don't freak out as much. I, I feel like I like to think I'm more patient with her, uh, with our daughter. So, but hey, listen, we're just figuring it out as we go. I'm sure, you know, new challenges come up as she gets older and it just making sure she knows that she's prioritized and, um, and, and yeah, figuring out the, the that, that division between where Suchi and Ken's and uh, where I could give her my full self. Mm, awesome! It's a it's a real struggle for uh, for my wife, you know, trying to get that that whole thing right because it's so hard, man. Like I think yeah. this idea of like work life balance is a, is all about context. So like it once you know when your kid's born, you don't have balance. You're done. Like you're going to the care, whatever. But then as your business starts to get to more mature and you have people who can run it for you, then your balance starts to come back with the family. But I, I think trying to strive for work life balance when you're not at the right stage is stupid. Um, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because you have to, it's yeah. like, it's it's just going to cause you frustration, right? It is. It mm. is. Yeah, but it's also a joy. I mean, I think I've, I also feel like being a parent with all the struggles that come with it has made me a better CEO too. It's kind of made me humble, more humble. <laughs> it's just uh, more grounded. So yeah, but you're right. It's just taking, you know, stopping and pausing and, and taking care of yourself too. Yeah. Awesome stuff. Well, look, Suchi, that uh, concludes your time in the hot seat today. Thanks so much for being on the show. Uh, thanks for the book recommendations. And and again, like I said to you when I first met you, like I think the problem that you're solving is really, really hard. And uh, I know that uh, as entrepreneurs, you know, we get paid in proportion to the difficulty of the problems that we solve. So, uh, you know, wishing you and the team all the very best of success. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Anytime. Thanks, everybody. See you again soon.